Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Emily Goff, and I am so excited about this episode. We really dive in deep. Emily is a podcasting coach and lifestyle entrepreneur, and Emily and I connected on her podcast a number of months ago. It's called the Room to Grow podcast, and she coaches entrepreneurs on how to build a platform business with your podcast and how to really connect with your message and how to get it off the ground. So I love that I am able to have her on the show, but I love it for even more reasons than this is because this whole show is about learning how to own your choices and own your life. And it is built around women who are sharing their stories and who are standing on their story. And even if that is a very difficult story to share. So Emily, jumps in today, open arms and open, able to share, loved it. We dive into her story and what she has experienced firsthand and how she had to learn how to listen to her intuition and learn to trust it and fall back into her habits and really ultimately create those habits that she was going to use in order to change her life. So when you listen to her story, it is a bit mind-blowing of what she's gone through, but what she's done with it is beautiful and how she's used her own platform, her own Room to, Go, Room to Grow podcast platform to share her story and reach other people. And doing that is exactly what she's done. So Emily is a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and host of the Room to Grow podcast. It is where life and business intersect. She's trained in psychology, holistic nutrition, and business strategy. Emily helps entrepreneurs launch their podcasts and leverage their personal stories to positively impact others with purpose. After 11 years working in the corporate world, Emily quit her job to pursue her dream career of empowering women to live the life they've been dreaming of through high access coaching and online courses. And her signature approach is all about building powerful, genuine connections with listeners and influencers. Since launching two separate podcasts since 2017, Emily has learned and implemented strategies that she teaches others, helping them successfully and confidently navigate how to create their own podcast to share their unique stories and experiences and connect with peers and listeners and design a business that you love. And that is exactly what she's doing. I'm so thrilled for you to listen to this episode today. And I'm so grateful that Emily was able to dive in, share her story and share how she moved through it and what she has done in her life now because of it. So I honor you, Emily. I'm so grateful for you. And I cannot wait to hear your takeaways from this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Emily Goff. She is a podcasting coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And I have so many things that I want to say because we connected a few months ago. We're going to get into the conversation. 
I have been looking forward to this podcast for a long time and we are actually doing this. Like this is the proof and the power of technology. We are 12 hours apart and it can be done. So I love, love technology and I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Oh my gosh, Marsha. Thank you so much. I know it's so funny when, when you asked me to be on your podcast after I had you on mine, mm-hmm. I was like, well, and we'll get into the full story obviously yeah. in a few minutes, but we, I, I was like, well, I could, or you can wait for me to come out with some things in about four months and then, then we can talk more. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'll wait for that. <laughs> I trusted it. It's so, it's so funny, right? I trusted it. And I, of course, now once we get into it, it's all going to make sense. But it yeah. was, I didn't understand it at the time. And it was like, oh, see, and I talked on your podcast about the power of stories and how we have to share our stories and be real. And it was like, now I get it. So it'll all make sense very shortly. <laughs> so funny. Right? right, I know. So before we start, I want to um, go through just about four or five questions just so people can get to know who you are. And then we're going to dive into the podcast. Is that okay? Sure, of course. Awesome. Where are you from? I am from Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. <laughs> awesome. So you're not actually that far from me by like, birthplace, but where you are now, you are on the other side of the world right now. I am in Bali right now for the foreseeable future at the moment. <laughs> awesome. See, it is, it is probably one of the top places in my bucket list. And every time I look at your pictures, I'm like, yep, that's, that's exactly where I want to go. It looks stunning. It looks stunning. It is. Oh my gosh. No, I, it, it's funny. I, I only planned on staying here for like a, maybe a month, month and a half. And mm-hmm. that has rapidly been extended. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really, other than for Christmas, I don't really know when I'm coming back at this point. So yeah, so awesome. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Can you share with us, do you have a favorite book or something that has impacted you um, book wise? Oh, there's so many. Um, oh my gosh. This is going to be a tough one to narrow down. Even a couple. Um, Uh, let me see here. I feel like, you know what, the, um, Kelly McGonigal, when I was still doing nutrition, this was especially important, but I found it to be, to be really important, uh, overall Kelly Mm -hmm. McGonigal and the willpower instinct was really, really helpful. And I think that it would change people's perspective on, on willpower. And it's the kind of thing that can be applied to anything, not just food. And, and she certainly doesn't talk about it in just ter- in terms of food either. It's, you know, um, the willpower to basically accomplish what you want to accomplish in life mm-hmm. and make the space for that and, uh, make, make shit happen. Like make, make what you want in life happen. And a lot of times that takes willpower, but she completely revolutionizes how to even look at willpower. And I thought that was a really, really powerful book. Okay. I don't know. I do not know that one, but I will definitely look it up. There, there are so many right now that are like floating through my head, but it, that's for some reason that's the one that that popped up. But I'm an avid reader, so there are thousands floating around in my mind right now. But I always <laughs> go with the one that floated to the surface. Right, exactly. Go with the one that floated to the surface. Right, that's the one that jumped out. I have, I have yeah. so many. And when I've been asked this question on other podcasts, it's amazing how different books pop up at different times. And yes. it's, oh, how about this one? I'm like, where'd that come from? Because I haven't read that one in years. But it just is something yeah. with me. 
Oh my gosh. No, it's so funny. Sometimes there's kind of like some uh, divine, divine uh, willpower and some divine power coming in there to sort of give us the, what we need in that exact moment. So yeah, absolutely. That touches somebody. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Your favorite quote. Do you have a quote that is basically ground you or something that you refer to? At the moment, I would say that there's, there's a couple of them, but one of them in particular is a Rumi quote mm -hmm. and it says, I'm actually just double checking it here because I hate screwing up quotes. I know. There's a, there's a voice that doesn't use words. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Oh, well, that's and interesting. It's really about, yeah, tuning into intuition and yeah, that's, that's one of my, my favorite, favorite quotes, especially at this, uh, point in time in my I'm life. Sure it is. And I and I <laughs> love that quote. I love most Rumi quotes, but I love that Me too. Quote. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So we are definitely circling back to intuition just in case you I'm sure you know that. Um yes. we, right? <laughs> so do you have a mentor who has been impactful in your life? And it could be somebody that you know or don't know. You know what? I've I've had several that I have uh, hired. I have some that are just friends and family members. Um, I think that one that always comes to mind, and obviously she doesn't know who I am, so <laughs> I'll I'll just throw that out there right right up front. Would be Michelle Obama. Mm. I have the utmost respect for her. Um, I think that she just carries herself with this incredible grace, especially yes. under. Oh. such massive public scrutiny that is more so than any other first lady in the history of the United States yes. and potentially ever, mm -hmm. uh, even into the future. And she had just has this, I, 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 I keep coming back to the word grace that that's yeah. all I think of when I think of her is that she is just really doing so much to have an incredibly positive impact in the world um, for women's rights, for young girls, for anyone. Mm -hmm. And I, I, she has a really powerful story. If anyone, actually, that's a really great book to read too. If you haven't read, uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama, I highly recommend that book as well. It's fantastic. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah I, I would say that she's, I have so many, but, uh, I always tend to kind of circle back to her. She's just really incredible to me. I think that's, I think that's a beautiful one. And I love how you said that, like you think of how many times media wise or how she's carried herself or what she does or how strong she stands in her purpose and the impact that she wants to create, no matter what is going on around her. I couldn't agree more. Grace is the one word I always think of when I, when I see her or think of her. Always. It is, it is the single word that I think of every single time I even hear her name is, is mm. just the utmost grace. Yes. See, that's the th I think that's the thing is, is that it's always beautiful how people can have some kind of impact on us that we don't know, that we never meet, that never cross our paths. And I just, I think that that's, that's the beautiful thing is that there's, there are mentors around us everywhere. And then we can also even be mentors without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true as well. And, and that's kind mm -hmm. of really the power of the online space as well. I mean, obviously that can certainly happen in real life, but when you open yourself up to the online space, you're reaching even more people again without even realizing it. You know, I, I, I've gotten messages from people saying how much I impacted their lives and, and it's still it's crazy to me. Like it, I, I'm like, I know. Really? like it's, it's shocking. It's and, and incredible at the same time. It's, it's, there's such power in that. Yeah. You're speaking your truth, right? And you're speaking your truth. When you do that, it can make such a big, 
um, impact for other people. And I think as people are trying to find their courage, we always talk about courage, but as people are trying to find their courage, it really does, they, like they like to be able to look at and go, oh, like she did it, I can do it too. And it just, it, I think it just gives people hope and faith. And so I think this is just gonna be a really good segue for what we're gonna be talking about today. But I really think that when we stand in who we are, we can make a difference in others' lives without even realizing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that goes for absolutely anyone. You know, you don't have to yeah. have like an online business or something like that. You can impact somebody by smiling at them uh, as you walk mm -hmm. by them on the street. It, mm -hmm. it, it can be that little, that small. It doesn't cost you anything. It's, no. there's so many things that we can do for other human beings. And it, it's not something that has to be some big, massive gesture. It can be the smallest, the tiniest little things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last question I have for you is what drives you and what lights you up? Impact. Mm -hmm. Definitely impact. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know we kind of just already touched on this a little bit, but um, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is knowing that to me, it's a disservice if I have a story to share or some little bit of insight, at least maybe I guess what I would consider insight <laughs> uh, into a particular issue or topic or something like that, that if that can positively impact someone and help them get out of bed in the morning, then who am I to deny them that? So I need to always keep that at the forefront of my mind. And, and if there are days where I'm really struggling, I think that sometimes when we, when we get out of our own heads and we instead put the focus on someone else mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. other people. That's yes. a really good way to turn things around uh, relatively quickly. Oh, see, and I love this. And actually, this is one of the last questions I usually ask, but I'm going to ask it now. What impact do you want to leave then? I think you kind of described it there, but I just want to ask it specifically. What impact do you want to leave or create? I want people to feel comfortable speaking their truth. Mm -hmm. I want people to be comfortable in their own skin. And I want people to be able to feel the sense of worthiness that comes with being comfortable in your own skin. Because when you're comfortable in your own skin, you aren't looking outside yourself to other sources nice. to grant you that sense of worthiness. Right. And when we feel worthy and we feel in our power, then we're able to accomplish anything that we want to do in life. But when we're stuck and we're depending on other people to hand us that sense of worthiness, mm -hmm. we're never going to get very far. We're always going to, um, you know, feel anxious and depressed and uh, feel like we're not like we're not where we want to be. So that's the kind of impact that I want to to have um, in people's lives and to give them that that sense of confidence in themselves and their own power to give them their own power back. I, I, there. I just want to help them recognize it in themselves. They already have it. Yes. It's just that sometimes we don't see it in ourselves and sometimes somebody else has to point it out to us yes. before we figure it out. Yes. I love that. I love that. And I, I have to ask this question because we're leading into this, going into the next thing is do you, for us to create the impact that we want to create in this world, then we have to do that ourselves first, right? 
Like this is the, this is, so we have to step into, and you've done this and we're about to step into this topic. So in order to create the impact where we are really inspiring people to speak their own truth and be that person and uh, feel worthy, all of those things, we have to do that first in order to exude that and be that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely do have to do that because otherwise any, anyone can talk a big game. Oh. But if, if you're not actually do, especially on the internet, right? Everyone's talking shit. Everybody's talking bullshit. Oh. They're not actually putting in the work. They're not, they're not doing what they're, what they're saying. They're not, they're not speaking the truth because they aren't doing it themselves. Right. And it, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors on mm-hmm. the internet. There's a lot of bullshit, but the good news is that people are getting better at smelling bullshit. And I, that's really positive to see because it's bringing out more authenticity. The one, the one thing that can be an issue, and I struggle with this sometimes, is that I start to think that vulnerability is becoming a commodity. Yes. And that concerns me a little bit because people are sharing for the sake of sharing and not sharing for the deeper meaning behind it and for the, the true purpose and impact that they necessarily want to have. People, some, there are some people who are sharing for numbers and for likes and for downloads and that's yes and that's not what i want to see that is the very fine line between vulnerability being powerful and vulnerability being commoditized and that's a a fine line that we have to walk but i think that again you can you can you can smell bullshit you you can tell when people are being truly authentic and when people are are doing it for the likes and the numbers and and all of that stuff so i think that that we're getting wiser to it mm-hmm. overall, like all of us in general. Um, so it is becoming easier to pick out, but it, it does concern me a little bit that, that there is that aspect of vulnerability and sharing online that can go a little bit awry sometimes. I, I'm so grateful you said that because I think that that, I think for somebody, if you're in the early stages of trying to figure out how do I create change in my life? How do I own this story? How do I, how do I show up in the world? that it's probably incredibly overwhelming and confusing when you're looking online and seeing all of this stuff. And sometimes we do tend to subconsciously think, well, we're going to follow the numbers of somebody who's done it, somebody who's bigger, somebody who is, you know, we might not even mean to do that, but I think that we do in the early stages when we're trying to figure this stuff out. And you just have to get better at, you know, really connecting to the message. And I, one of the things I work with when I talk with clients or even myself when I share it, vulnerability does not mean you have to share all the gory details of what happened in your story. I think it's more about what you felt, how, what you experienced, what you learned, how you grew, and that's the vulnerability side. So if a person is dumping into vulnerability, but they're exposing everything awful about someone else and not sharing anything about themselves, I don't see that as vulnerability. No, I, I completely agree. And, and it can definitely go one of two ways. The other thing is too, is that, I mean, I know we're, we're going to get into this. Mm-hmm. My story is what would be my, my, my big story that I just shared that we're going to discuss yeah. is one that is considered to be dramatic, extremely yeah. dramatic, like juicy. So, to, so to speak. Yeah. And my, one of my concerns with releasing it was that I didn't want to undermine anyone else by, by other people who want to share their own stories, looking at mine going like, Oh my God, mine isn't anywhere close to like Mm -hmm. that significant. 
So I shouldn't even bother sharing. And that was a big concern for me because I didn't, I didn't want anyone to feel that way. I instead wanted to release it into the world going like, Hey, I've, I've had some serious shit going on and Mm -hmm. I'm still willing to step into it and share it. But everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. Not not only does everyone have a story, everyone has a story that would break your heart. Yeah. Everyone has a dark story, something sad, something heartbreaking. Every single person Mm -hmm. has that. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's the right way for them to share is through the online space. But I really want to encourage people to share just with someone in their life who needs to hear it. And again, not all the dirty details, not, not their deepest, darkest secrets, but just a kind word or, or something that a shared experience of some kind, because the human experience is a shared one. This isn't something that we're all going through alone. This is something that we all go through together, but we often end up feeling so isolated and alone because we aren't talking to each other. We're not connecting and we're more disconnected than other than, than ever because of things like social media. As much as it's brought us together, it's also driven us apart mm-hmm. in terms of actual in-person connection and everything else. So that's something that is... That, that was a big concern to me and it's something that I'm still extremely conscious of because mm-hmm. I know that there are people looking at my story going like, oh my God, I thought I had a crazy story, but if, if she's talking about something like that, then mm-hmm. who am I to share? And that is the last thing that I want. I love, I love, love, love that you said that because I've had many people say to me, I'd love to share my story, but it's not as bad as yours. It's not as bad as yours. And I'm like, it's, I don't, that's, that's totally irrelevant because it's, it's how it's affected you in your life. That's the power of the story. Don't judge it according to whose is worse or better. Not only that, but everyone, everyone is going to be affected differently by different stories as well. Like there, there are all kinds of, and and there is no scale. And let me tell you, (laughs) there are a lot of people in the world that are a whole lot worse off than I was. Like, on the scale, like on the pain scale, I literally feel like mine is like a two mm-hmm. compared to uh, other people who are at like three through 10. Yes. So it, it's, we can't, we can't grade things like that. There could be, let's say somebody had uh, a really significant uh, breakup. It was significant to them. Yes. And, but they'd only been with the person for, let's say three months. That doesn't mean that they're any less affected by that than a 10 year marriage breaking up. Right. It, it's an individual experience and we have to respect the process for people and how they move through it and how they deal with it and how they handle it is completely unique to each individual. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, there's so much power in what you said right there. And I'm going to use that as a perfect segue. So we, I mean, we connected, I don't even know, I went to look it up, but we connected many months ago and you were on the Great Canadian Women podcast. And I loved it. And I reached out to you and was like, I do not know if I'm a candidate. I actually would be totally transparent. I was a little bit intimidated because I was like, I don't know, but you know what, whatever. I don't know. She could say no. So I reached out and was on your podcast and we connected and had a great conversation. You allowed me space to share my story and I'm super grateful for that. And then I asked you to be on my podcast and you were like, you I, you need to give me a few months. There's some stuff going on and you need to give me a few months. I'm like, sure, whatever. We can do that. That's not a problem. So podcasts are a beautiful way to connect people and, and share our stories and spread a message and reach other people, right? That we would never be able to reach before. So I love that 
purpose. And podcasting is a big part of you and your business anyways, correct? Extremely, extremely. Yeah, so yeah I mean, yeah. a little bit about your podcasting because how powerful it is for you, what you've used it for, and then you actually used it as the platform to help you to share your story, your own story. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, like I, I am an actual podcasting coach. So I, I coach entrepreneurs to launch their own podcasts, uh, because I have launched two separate ones. Um, I now am the hosting founder of uh, room to grow mm-hmm. and I have really used it as a creative outlet. Uh, for a while it was, it was almost like a hobby. Like even though I was still building a business around it, I, I was, I've always been very intentional that I just really wanted to talk about topics that I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. even if they weren't necessarily 100% tied to whatever service I was selling, um, yes. because that has changed as well. Like I, I kind of started in like nutrition, holistic nutrition, and then I moved into this podcasting coaching side of things. But I just found that it connects people, this, this platform that we've been gifted with connects people in a way that I have never seen another platform connect. Because video is fantastic. It's great. You know, and I know that all the stats are there, like something like by 2021, it's like 80% of the internet is going to be video. Yes. That's great. I hardly ever watch video. (laughs) So I'm not going to be in that 80% because I I like video, you know, like Instagram stories I use all the time. That's great. But I'm not out there like, you know, creating a lot of videos or, or something like that. It's just not me. And I was like, you know, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Because yeah. I talked to so many different people who also don't really watch much video. And I, I, I have said this before, and I will say this again, podcasting is an incredibly intimate experience because we normally reserve our ears, like for people to talk directly into our ears for real life connections, friends, loved ones, um, family members. Oh, it, good and point. That's a great point. We, I never thought of that. Yeah. But now we have the power to speak directly into anyone's ears. We can have celebrities talking to our ears. We can have, you know, coaches that we couldn't necessarily afford to work with, but we can listen to their, to their free content on their podcast and they can speak directly into our ears. It's a very intimate experience and it also builds a huge amount of trust. Mm-hmm. And trust is where we build connection, where we build a business because no one is going to buy from us if we don't offer them that trust. We have to extend that hand to people. And if we don't extend that hand somehow, they're never going to put down their credit card to spend their hard-earned money with us. Mm. So we have to be really authentic in how we show up. And, and again, I, I don't even love using the word authentic sometimes because it's, 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 yes. it's similar to vulnerability. It's getting yeah. tossed around way too much. And it really bothers me. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I, don't I totally love agree. using it. But <laughs> it's, it really is a, a platform where you can just show up in, in a really real, honest way. Mm-hmm. And you can hear people's tone. And what I also like about podcasting is that then you are not distracted by the video either. Because when you're listening to video, you're too distracted by the, the actual screen itself. And like, oh, what's the person wearing? What's, what's their hair look like? Uh, what's that going on behind her? Like what's happening over there? You so don't true. have any of that. It cuts out all the shit, cuts out mm-hmm. all the shit. And all you, all you have left with is just the information and the content and the value being offered directly into your ear. And yeah. there is just incredible power in that, that I think is, is still, even though podcasting is a rapidly growing field, I think it's still vastly underutilized. Mm-hmm. 
I, and so this is where it gets really interesting because people say all the time, well, podcasting, like that's like, um, as you just said there, there's so much, there's so much noise. There's so much, um, I mean, there's no point now because it's overdone. It's saturated, all of those things. And you're saying it's not. It is not. In fact, yeah. it's funny. I just released a, a podcast episode about this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that right now, um, there are about 750,000 podcasts worldwide. There are 400 million blogs and there are 50 million YouTube channels. (laughs) When you look at those kinds of numbers, not to mention of the people who listen to podcasts, 80% of them listen to all or almost all of an entire episode. Mm -hmm. We can't capture people for three seconds, literally three seconds on Facebook lives, No, but they will sit there and listen to an entire podcast episode that could range anywhere from five minutes to an hour or more. Yeah. You, you can't buy that kind no. of, that kind of attention. There, there's, there is no money in the world that can capture people's attention for that long, but people are choosing to spend their precious time and energy consuming podcasts. They want to learn. They want to hear stories. They want to, they want, mm. they want to connect with people in a little bit different way. And they're able to use that power because they can listen to it while they're commuting. They can listen to it while they're walking the dog, while they're cooking dinner. And you can't do that with video. You just can't. No, that's exactly why people say to me all the time, like, cause I'll post, I like to share the podcast I'm listening to because I like to, I always believe in collaborating and promoting other people. And I have had so many comments say, how can you possibly listen to that many podcasts a day? And I'm like, well, I walk my dog, <laughs> getting ready in the morning, showers, like, I mean, cooking dinner. I do all of that. I do yeah, all of that. So it's, that's how I do it. And so, I mean, it's not uncommon sometimes. It's not like I'm a crazy consumer and not doing, but I just find I go through and listen to what speaks to me that day. And sometimes I'll finish the day and I've done four or five different ones, but I also haven't watched in the TV. So it's like, it's just, that's my thing that I like to learn. And it helps me to connect and just hear different messages, different people. Um, I've come across so many incredible people just from listening to podcasts. Yeah. And, and I will often uh, get new ideas from podcasts as well. I'm constantly like whipping out the, my phone to, but basically I live out of my notes app in my phone. <laughs> oh, my notes and app. It's insane. How many things exploding. on there? Like it's exploding. I need, I need, a, I need my assistant to like deal with just my notes app. Yeah. Um, but I will constantly be whipping out my phone to quickly jot down even just, you know, a, a quick bullet point of something, some idea that it triggered in me. And then I will circle back to that later on. Yeah. Podcasts are fantastic for that. Yeah. I love it. So thank you so much for sharing that. And that is something we will make sure is connected in the show notes, show notes that people can connect with you if they are looking at doing podcasting and you are speaking in my group of um, authors and women who are looking to leverage their story on the power of podcasting. So I can't, I'm so excited for you to be able to do that, to bring you into that space. And I just know, so you have been able to use your own podcast as a way to share your story. So I would love for you to share your journey, your story, wherever you choose to start. And we can go from there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Open book. I never know where to start with this story. Oh yeah. I'm definitely an open book. I'm just never sure where to start with it. Well, here's the thing, right? You've gone through a transition that has, I mean, we want to talk about some of the turning points and the things that you did and what you had to come to. But I mean, I think there's just, you just, you just went through an unbelievable, and I will, I will link your episode, your podcast episode you released with this because it also gives even more backstory. 
for sure. Yeah. Like I, I definitely yeah. can't, um, no, we, we wouldn't have enough time for me no, to, we would not. to do all that, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. I always feel like this story starts with like, it was a dark and stormy night and it's super corny, but <laughs> <laughs> so it was Christmas Eve. I told you, it sounds yes. like I'm saying it was a dark and stormy night. Yep. Uh, it was Christmas Eve this past December, uh, 2018. And I found out on Christmas Eve that my partner of nine years had been unfaithful to me um, on and off for our entire nine years together. And I found out when his previous girlfriend, who was the same woman that he had been seeing on and off this whole time, came banging down our door. Mm, Christmas Um, Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. (laughs) So she had also uh, sent me some DMs under multiple fake accounts on Instagram uh, with all kinds of screenshots between them. Um, he was still denying a lot of what she was saying, but then I ended up seeing, I saw a lot of things. I I saw Mm. a lot of, a lot of screenshots. She ended up sending additional screenshots. I saw emails from his end. Uh, I saw phone records. There was no denying it. Um, so that, that has been a lot to unpack. (laughs) It, It was a lot to unpack. Um, I, I ended things right away with, uh, it, we, yeah, I, I ended mm-hmm. things right away and then it was definitely a process. Um, there was a lot that I found out afterwards and I was continuously lied to in the months following. And we still had to see each other very regularly for about six months after this because, um, we had renovations to do on our house before we put it up for sale. Of course. So. I knew right away that I was going to leave to come to Bali. I, I knew basically as soon as this happened, I was like, well, I'm going to Bali as soon as the house is sold. Um, but I had to bide my time and wait. And I was living in what felt like extremely hellish, torturous circumstances that whole time because, um, don't get me wrong, my, my former partner was, was very generous and responsible when it came to things like finances and, and all of those things. But the emotional toll that it was taking on me was torturous, um, especially because I, I was lied to continuously over those six months. Um, I ended up finding out my, my yeah, favorite part of this. Yeah, I can't. This blows me away. I know where you're going. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> my favorite part is that I, the other woman had continuously referenced a house on a street that intersected ours in her messages to me. Mm-hmm. And I, he, he kept denying it. He wouldn't give me any information about it. She wouldn't give me any information about it. So I went digging and I had to do a lot of digging. And I finally ended up figuring out that he had been spending quite a substantial amount of time in a house 170 meters from our driveway. <laughs> I can't, I get goosebumps when I hear this. Cause I look out my window and I'm like, I can just picture like where like, yeah. that's not that far. The, the only reason why, why we couldn't see the house from our living room window or even our driveway was just because the street slightly jagged. Otherwise you would have been able to see it. And we walked by that house thousands of times in the six years that, that we lived in our home. Um, I, I ended up finding out that the house was actually purchased four years earlier. Okay. By question. Close, yes. Purchased four years earlier by a, a close family member of his, but no one else in the family knew about it. Okay. And, uh, we had noticed when the house got purchased and we had entire conversations about it because we were noticing all these changes happening to it and the renovations being done. And it turned out that he was doing the renovations, that he was the one who had done the renovations. Um, he had been going to great lengths to hide his vehicle. Um, and then right after we broke up, he essentially 
within a week or two moved into that house mm-hmm. and then again was hiding his vehicle. He was telling me that he was living elsewhere. Um, so once, once this all came out and there was a, a confrontation about it, uh, he stopped hiding his vehicle because there was no point. And let me tell you, it's a very odd thing when you have to walk by oh. a house like that every day. So not only that, not only was because the way our street was set up, there was like no way for me to go for a walk basically without walking past. Of course, of course. So I wa- continued to walk by it every day. And then we got to the point where once the weather started to get nicer, I would walk by sometimes and he'd be cutting the lawn. And I would stop and like, we'd chat for a minute. Hey. Like, this is pretty, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this, this is really fucked up. Like, yeah, it's... <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And my girlfriend and I walked by one time, like, a, c- a couple days before uh, I left for Bali and we walked by it and I was like, you know, we're going to look back on this and be like, oh my God, remember that time that he lived 170 yeah. meters from our driveway? Yes. <laughs> I so he can I just ask it so he purchased that like for well four years like it had been for for the last four years he had had that house a, a family member only, a family but member. Okay. yes he had been like in and out I think that there were periods of time where it was where it was rented out to tenants okay um but he was more or less in and out at like semi-regular intervals throughout yeah. that time from what I understand wow. yeah and I mean, your families were very intersected too, right? Nine years together. So you said that was like extremely. Okay. Yes. So it was and a surprise with, to a lot of people. Sorry. Yes, this was a, to say that this was a complete shock to everyone would be an extreme understatement. Okay. Um, there, you know, infidelity comes out in all kinds of different ways, and and there yeah. are certainly situations where. A lot of people know what's happening and it's just the other partner who doesn't know this was not that situation. He had a couple friends that knew, but I don't even think that they knew the extent and everyone else was completely shocked. There were people that didn't actually even believe me at first when I, when I first yeah. told them and I started having panic about it because I thought, oh my God, he's going to get away with mm-hmm. everyone believing him and I'm going to look like I'm just crazy. Yeah. Because nobody's even going to believe me. And, and obviously that ended up shifting quite quickly, but um, that, that was actually a very scary moment. I remember just having this pit in the bottom of my stomach when uh, a couple of people were like, you know, it, there's no way that this has gone down the way it has. Like, you know, you must be, it, it, they, weren't, they weren't being malicious about it, but no, they, they, they just didn't believe didn't it. Believe the story. Yeah. And, and I was having these moments of, like practically my life flashing before my eyes, like, oh my God, I'm going to be institutionalized because everyone's going to think that I've just lost my mind. And that was like a level of gaslighting that terrified me. And it wasn't until people started to really recognize what had been going on and putting some of the pieces together for themselves mm-hmm. that I actually took a bit of a sigh of relief because I'm like, oh my God, okay, everything's fine. <laughs> You're not losing your mind. <laughs> You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Well, and yeah. almost, like, here's the thing, right? You could have spent a tremendous amount of energy trying to prove to everyone what was going on and that wouldn't have served you. They had to kind of go through that process themselves to figure things out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that will continue to happen. Yeah. I think because there, there were all kinds of things that were said about me behind my back to other people that were untrue. And some of those people may believe those things for the rest of their lives, but I don't really care. At this point. No. Um, I, it, it, you know, they can believe what they want to believe, but the truth also has a way of surfacing. And sooner or later, it 
it, the truth always comes out, whether we want it to or not, no matter how, how deeply you bury it, it will come out eventually. In this case, it took nine years, mm-hmm. but, um, it, yeah, I, I, I think what, once you see a side of someone, it, this was something that I, I really stressed in, in the episode that I did on it. Once you see a side of someone like that, you cannot unsee it. Mm-hmm. And once little, you know, people, and I'm not even talking about for my podcast, I mean, just like people kind of figuring out some of those things for themselves. Um, they won't be able to unsee it. And I also want to stress, I, I do actually say this with a lot of compassion, um, as well, because I would not want to live the life that has been created on his part. And, and I don't, I don't want to go too far into that because yes. this isn't about him, yep. but, uh, I, I actually do have uh, quite a bit of, of compassion. He's not in my life anymore, nor mm-hmm. will he ever be, mm-hmm. but I, I do actually have uh, a great deal of, of compassion for that because I, I think that, um, I, I, I think that to get to that point in your life where you're where you're living kind of like second to second, essentially, like trying yes. to, to put out one fire and another. And I, I can't imagine living life like that. So yeah, I, I really, uh, I do not envy that position. Um, those are the choices that were made to right. end up in that position, of course, but I still do not envy that position in any way. No, I think that's very fair. I've seen people in my life who have made choices to the point where it's literally like one lie covers another, covers another, covers, you know, one fire here, one fire there. It's like, I mean, you can only juggle those balls for so long. They eventually, they eventually fall. You just, it's, it, who knows how long it will take sometimes, but it takes a tremendous amount of work in order to shift that. It's not that it's not possible, but it certainly is not an easy task. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely not a position that I would wish on anyone. No. So you, I would just, I would love if you could share a little bit about the emotions of the betrayal, what that felt like, and how, like, what point did you go, like, shit, this is real. Like, this is like my life and <laughs> real. Like, sometimes just, I'm still asking myself that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, when, when I kind of came out about this, I, I said, you know, sometimes I'm still looking back on this going like, how, wait, this is my story. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I went into complete and total full blown shock for okay. a couple of days mm-hmm. and, uh, virtually no emotional reaction. Um, I was not yelling, screaming, yeah. angry, crying, none of, none of the above. I was just very deadly calm. My mom actually described it as, um, she, she said it was like, I had kind of like folded into myself and I was like quietly hurting, but I, I wasn't really expressing anything mm-hmm. else outwardly. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of all started coming, bubbling up. Um, the, the anger was a little bit, the, the anger would come in flashes, mm-hmm. but the anger didn't really, uh, come in, in a more significant wave until I found out a handful of things like weeks and months after the fact. Okay. And I actually had a couple of friends who were almost irritated with me. They're like, why are you angry? <laughs> and I definitely was, but it, I was never like consistently angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much came in like bursts and waves and then would dissipate again. And I mean, immensely sad, a huge amount of, of grieving happening. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, the shame yeah. of it, you know, like I, I just, nobody, nobody ever wants to feel like a fool. And I had apparently been the fool for almost a decade. So that was a lot to unpack because when you believe that your life is one thing and then it turns out to be built on a completely, a, a completely different foundation of lies and you don't even know what was truth and what was fiction from the previous nine years, mm-hmm. that's pretty difficult to accept because to, to grasp the concept of my entire reality being manipulated around me and, and created for me mm-hmm. when it wasn't actually true uh, that, that was, that was very difficult. The, the other side of that was just this in, enormous sense of, um, this cognitive dissonance that I had about him because mm-hmm. again, we were working together very closely at, at times to get these renovations done and stuff. So I was still seeing him on a, on a fairly regular basis and he would walk in the door and, you know, he would behave exactly as I had always known him to mm-hmm. just very normal, like very him. And sometimes like in, in the very early stages, I, he would leave and I'd be like, wait, what, what? Like (laughs) I would have to go back into my email and like, look at some of the screenshots to remind myself why I had broken up with him. Because I was like, what is happening? Because he shows up one way and then he was capable of all of these other things. And I, I cannot wrap my head around how the same person could be both of these people. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was like a complete Jekyll and Hyde situation because the screenshots that I saw, and these are just a handful that I saw, they were also very cruel. Um, there were very private personal things that he was the only person in the world that I had told that he had shared about me wow. with the other woman. Um, they had derogatory nicknames for me that they used on a regular basis. Um, he, you know, they, they would, uh, openly discuss some of my deepest insecurities it, it was, oh. it, it was really difficult. It wasn't, it wasn't even like he was just living this other secret life. It, she was fully aware of me. She was still being lied to as well, significantly, mm-hmm. but she was fully aware of me and I wasn't aware of her, but she was driving by her home unbeknownst to me on a regular basis. Sometimes he would watch her drive by through the window and he would text her an explanation as to what he was doing in the house that he was claiming to not live in or not want to live in, depending on the timeline. Um, it, it it was extremely violating, extremely violating. I can imagine. I can't. I can't imagine. But that's a thank you for sharing that because I think that's the the depth to it. So to people, understand, we're not just talking about a lie. There's a lot of things that happened in the background that, as they kept unfolding, as you kept learning of them over the months, that it just it you have to. You, we keep coming when we have stories like this. We keep coming to new levels of not acceptance. I don't know if that's the word, but there's a realization like this, just the new levels of, okay, this is like, this is real. This is real. And it's like, oh crap, like this is really real. And this is as we go through what, and then learning and accepting and figuring out what we're going to do with this. And I know I appreciate you saying that and saying that, you know, you didn't want to feel like a fool. Nobody wants to feel like this. Nobody does. I totally get that. And, but it's also a case of acknowledging that he was obviously very good at what he was doing. Like he obviously yeah. was, he was very good yeah. at what he was doing. And, and because I was able to watch a lot of the lies unfold, this, this is what's interesting to me is that I've actually even surprised myself that eight and a half months later, I feel so far past it. It mm-hmm. has shocked me 
Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that I realized that while I was living in those, what felt like torturous circumstances where I had to see him and interact with him and, and, uh, you know, live in the neighborhood with the other house down the street, like all of these things, watch, watch a particular person continue to drive by our home in the months uh, following. Yeah, like, I, I, I just, I think that I was telling someone the other day that I think it actually accelerated my healing. And it certainly didn't feel like it at the time, but Mm -hmm. because there was no escaping it, there was no bypassing it. There was no sidestepping it. And I had, I had always been very clear um, that I didn't want to do any of those things anyway. Mm -hmm. There would be days where if I felt a little bit better for a few days, I would (laughs) then like my next therapist appointment or I'd call a girlfriend or something. I'd be like, am I bypassing this? I don't want to bypass this because I need to work through it. So I didn't want, like, I was very specific. I didn't want to bypass it because I was like, no, if I start bypassing it, then I end up, you know, five years from now still dealing with this shit and I'm not doing that. So I, I was very specific that I wanted to make sure that I worked through it and not around it. But I think that living in those circumstances forced my hand even more. And I truly feel like it actually helped me to move past it faster. Um, That is not going to be the case for everyone. I think that I also really came to a deep understanding that, and, and very quickly, I recognized that this was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will take years to get there or never at all. Yes. Because they'll still be stuck on like, he was the one, she was the one. If he or she was the one, mm-hmm. he or she would not have betrayed you like this. No. So the faster you figure that out, the faster you can, you can move on with your life and start to get into better things. I, I could not agree more. And I think that that's a, I, I want to just highlight one thing that you said there as a fact that I strongly, strongly believe that we have to go through it, right? We, ha- we can't go around it. We can't ignore it. We can't. And here you had had a situation which was all about secrets and hiding and not sharing and not. So, I, I mean, I'm good for you for not taking that approach to deal with it yourself because that's that was really what you were living so it wouldn't have served any purpose to just bury it yourself because it would have just festered in you for years so i was that leads into my next question is um what had to change inside of you and like in order to get through some of those dark days and like how did you do it um complicated question mm-hmm. because there tools I think that it, you had to do you mentioned therapists like like there's there's things that you probably had to do in order to create those changes yeah yeah and I, I think that I think that one of the things was a huge amount of compassion for myself nice. and, and not consistently not all the time and I yeah. would give myself a really hard time sometimes and, and get really pissed off with myself and uh, be annoyed that I felt like I was you know uh, what have I done today? I've like laid on the couch all day. And then people would remind me, they're like, it's fucking fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I had people in my life that would remind me of awesome. that often enough that then I was able to start reminding myself of it as well. Nice. Um, but I was very clear that, I mean, I was already seeing a therapist prior to that. Yeah. Comically that this is, I, <laughs> we were seeing a couple therapists together mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And there would be, and not because we were in a crisis. I, well, apparently we were, but I didn't think we were in a crisis. Right. Um, it was just for basically maintenance. Like we've been together for almost 10 years mm-hmm. and we were moving towards, you know, like marriage and stuff like that, a, a 
apparently. Um, and so we started seeing a therapist and it was funny because I, I'm obviously a huge mental health advocate. I always have been, but sometimes yeah. it would feel like we weren't really getting very far with it. And it, it wasn't necessarily, there wasn't anything wrong with it. Um, because our therapist, it was amazing, but it just felt like nothing was really coming of it occasionally. And I'd be like, you know, why don't we skip this week? Like, cause nothing really came of it last time. Like we're, we're good. Like we're fine. He's like, no, no, we should go. Oh. So he was like insisting on going sometimes. Anyway, so I ended up sticking with that same therapist. I'm like, well, I claim her because I love her. So, <laughs> so I went straight back to her and she was very, very helpful. And to be honest, that was like one more validation because she was also shocked. By I was just going to ask you if that was a bit of a validation because here she was. was as a professional, like mental health professional. Not only a professional, but she is a very intelligent. She is highly intelligent. And that woman has a, a better bullshit detector than almost anyone I know. And mm -hmm. he had fooled her too. And I was like, you know what? That makes me feel better. Because I was going to ask you that. I'm assuming that made you feel better. And it just, weird. yeah. Yeah. But all of that said, there were still signs that, that only I saw as his mm -hmm. partner at the time mm -hmm. that I was ignoring as well. And I was ignoring my intuition and my anxiety lifted practically overnight when I ended the relationship and I didn't notice it for a couple of days because I was so busy grieving, but all of a sudden it occurred to me that my stomach was unclenched for the first time in oh, months wow. and, and probably years. My period regulated almost immediately. There were all of these signs where like my intuition had been absolutely screaming at me and I had been ignoring them. I had been pushing aside these small signs because I wanted to believe him. Mm -hmm. So there were, <clears throat> there were signs. It was just that at the time they didn't add up to actual infidelity to me. They just seemed like a handful of loose ends mm -hmm. and like, you know, it, an unanswered question here or there that just didn't really seem to make sense, but I would kind of accept it and move on. Um, yeah. I think it's fascinating how our body has, um, demonstrates signs of stress and we may, we like actually consciously might not even realize it's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a huge, um, there's a, a huge connection between the mind and the body mm -hmm. and the intuition, especially. And when we ignore that, our body starts to push back until yes. it is giving you enough signs that there is no more escaping it. Uh, and that can manifest in the form of full blown disease if you mm -hmm. let it go on for long enough. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really interesting to, to see and to, to examine that more deeply, but I'm not sure if I answered your, your original question. Um, yeah. It, I mean, therapy for sure. Like a lot of self compassion, um, a, a lot of self care and, and it would vary wildly from day to day. So I didn't really have much of a routine at all for months and I tend to function best on routine, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I also recognize that when you're in the middle of that, it's, and, and something of that magnitude, mm -hmm. each day is going to look different. You know, you can, you can wake up, uh, on the wrong side of the bed one day and the next day you might have a better day. And then you're back in that hole again, the day after it, it's, it's never mm -hmm. going to be consistent. So you have to be willing to move with that and to do different things accordingly. I, um, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I know when I was in the lowest points of my life, that people would say to me, what routine did you use? I'm like, every single day was different. I couldn't even, yeah. what I did do is I started, and I still do it to this day. What do you need today, Marsha? What do you need? 
Do you need the hard workout? Do you need yoga? Do you need a walk in nature? Do you need a nap? Do you need time with your book? What do you need? And you, I started to connect with that as opposed to saying, I must exercise five times a week. I must do this. Like it must be and look like this. And that's not how my brain was working because I really believe that we could eat the same, do the same, go to bed, sleep the same every single day. Some days we wake up, we can take on the world. And some days we wake up and we're like, God, I hope I make it through. Like it's just, it's just our bodies are different every day and it's trying to meet where we are. Now add in crazy, like huge amounts of intense stress with that. And it is going to react differently every single day. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how does it feel now to be listening to your intuition and how quickly do you listen to your intuition now? Like what's that conversation like now? It's, it's almost instantaneous. Yeah. It's almost instantaneous. Um, I, I can tell right away because I've just given myself so much space to be able to recognize it. And mm -hmm. that takes practice. That doesn't happen overnight. There has to be a lot of stillness, you know, time without screens. Um, just giving yourself that space to really start to tune in with your body mm -hmm. and, and to practice it over and over again. It, it doesn't happen easily and it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. But once we start tuning into it more, it makes a really big difference and you can start to really grasp it much more quickly. I, I, I think that that's, I think that's great advice for people. And I always say like intuition is a muscle. So if you don't practice listening to it, you're not going to get better at hearing what it's trying to tell you. You have to practice and it exactly. can practice with the smallest things, super small things. You know, when you, when you get asked to go somewhere or you're asked, invited to something and you really don't want to go and you're like, yeah, I'll get back to you. You know, you don't want to go. Like you just, you know you don't want to. And it's not about like you thinking you're a bad person or that something's wrong with the other person. It's the fact that I don't want to and I don't know why. We need to start to be okay with saying like, no, thank you. Or I, I won't be able to make it. And listen yeah. to that intuition on a daily basis so that it can, that relationship can improve. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all going to be a practice and, uh, you definitely need to, to notice the feelings that come up too, because if you're feeling resentful or angry about something, it probably means that a boundary has been crossed right. and you might have to do some work to figure out what that boundary is. And that is also going to help you to better tune in with your intuition. Well, and that's a great message. And it's also going to hit home for some people who say, I don't have any boundaries with like you, like you're lucky because you have boundaries. I've had people say that you're lucky because you have boundaries. And I'm like, okay, what? Like it's boundaries is a choice. Boundaries yes. is a choice that every single one of us make every single day. Yes. And to, to me that this is some tough love here, but that's a cop out to I agree. say that you're, you're lucky to have boundaries. Absolutely not. That no. that's, that's so stuck in victim mindset. You yeah. have the ability to create your own boundaries. And there's no excuse to not to do them. And frankly, it's more selfish to not have boundaries because then you aren't going to be able to show up as the best version of you oh. for yourself or for anyone else. Love you for saying that because that is like one of my biggest boundaries and one of the biggest topics that I teach on and coach on and try to help others with. But it's, you know, it's one thing to have, it's the beautiful thing about boundaries is you can have your list of values on the wall, what you're going to live by, what is how you are as a human and a person. But until you actually have to put those boundaries in place, they really mean nothing. Like you actually have to put them into practice on a regular basis. And when you do that, don't be surprised when the rest of the world goes, what the hell happened? Like what, this is, you changed. And yeah. I always tell people that boundaries that are not enforced are just suggestions. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. So I'm assuming you have some pretty good boundaries in place now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I definitely have uh, much heavier boundaries. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Between that and tuning into my intuition more as well, there's just uh, there's a lot that I, I I had to do some really deep work to examine what I was tolerating, mm-hmm. and I was tolerating a lot. Yeah. I was tolerating a like a crushing amount, and and I owned that. That was that was me choosing to tolerate those things. Right. And I'm not even talking about the infidelity, just like all of the all of the other things that were happening, whether it was a result of the infidelity or, or whatever the reasons were, I was still, I was just tolerating a huge amount and I was choosing mm-hmm. to tolerate a huge amount. Mm-hmm. And I no longer choose to allow that into my life. No. So again, that, that's going to be an ongoing practice too. That's not something that you just decide one day is one and done. That's going to vary as different people come into your life, as different circumstances come up, all of these different things. But it's something that is really important to uh, kind of continuously keep evaluating mm-hmm. and, you know, moving those boundaries as, as necessary and as needed and taking a really close look at what you want to allow into your life. Because we're also what the energy that we put out into the world as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're walking around all the time with a dark cloud over your head, you're going to get that back in return. And then you're going to go, oh, everybody's so negative. <laughs> Like, no, what are you putting into the world? What are yeah. you putting into the world? Like, like smiling at strangers. Like, like I said earlier, you know, if, if you are just frowning at everybody and they're frowning back and you're wondering why everybody's so grumpy today, mm-hmm. you might need to take a closer look in the mirror and you have to really examine how you are showing up. Not, not even, again, not even just for everybody else, but for yourself. Yes. Because anyone can like plaster on a fake smile, but if you start to actually really feel that and to really embody the positive energy that you want to get in return, Mm -hmm. the world looks like a different place. It does. It completely does. It completely does. You can change the whole, your whole outlook on the world, which in turn will change your world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's so many things that you said there and that are just absolute gold. And, but the one thing I just want to honor is, and this is just my, um, my belief, what I practice is the fact that because you took ownership of your own part in that journey and in that story is one of the reasons why you could move forward the way that you did. It's, it's. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Hand, hands down. And I said that on, on my episode as well, that if, if you don't own your own role yep. in anything, we, like we are not responsible for other people's actions. Not we at all. We cannot control other people. We cannot choose what they're going to do for us, but we do get to choose our reaction mm-hmm. and we do get to choose the choices that we, we do get to choose to own the choices that we made to get to that point. And yeah, you, you know, even there's, there's so many different ways that this can go. And, and of course, you know, if we're talking about like, full-blown abuse and things like that, that's, that's a little bit of a different situation. Yes. But overall, all of us have still you know, made, made certain choices to get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And the faster you own that, the faster you can move forward with it. And you can make it work for you as opposed to walking around with the mindset that it's working against you or the yes. life is working against you somehow. Because again, then you're just getting stuck in victim mindset. Victim mindset is one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> oh, me too. I just me get too. so passionate about it. And yeah. I think that it's, it can be so easy to get sucked into it. And, and I used to years ago. And life changed 
when I started looking at, at that type of mindset in a different way and stepping into owning my own choices. And it's scary and it's uncomfortable and it doesn't necessarily feel good when you look at the choices that you've made and you're not very happy with them. But you're never going to be able to move forward if you don't accept that you made those, those choices and now you have the power to decide what to do with them next. And there's something very empowering about mm -hmm. that. It actually gives you your power back. I believe it gives it you does. power back. And when people, when we, and, I, and I, I'm going to say we because I know we're saying the same thing. I want people to hear is the fact that when we own those choices, it's not from a space of like, God, do I ever keep screwing up my life? Like, look at what I'm doing wrong. It's not that. But when we recognize that we have that power to own those choices and that every decision we've made up until today has brought us to where we are, then we realize that we can get somewhere else by making different choices. Like we can just make different choices. Exactly. And, and you can always make different choices. There's always something that you can do to make a different choice. And it can be something as small as small. deciding to have uh, water instead of orange juice with breakfast today. Yes. Like that can be your one choice today and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be a complete life change. I mean, I realize that I'm a little bit of an extreme example because in response to all of this happening, first of all, I was fortunate enough, extremely fortunate enough to have a flexible job that I can mm -hmm. take anywhere, which is mm -hmm. not the case for everyone. And I, I'm so privileged to, to be able to do that. And I, you know, it didn't have children, nothing like that. So I had the choice and yes. I chose to take this to basically get rid of every possession I own and pick up and move to as, as far to the other side of the world as possible. <laughs> and I, that is not what everybody gets to do that, you know, even, even the people that, that might want that is the, some people might think that that sounds like a total nightmare anyway, but even the people that, that do want to do that, that might not be the option that you're able to take right now. Right. And I fully acknowledge my privilege in that. Um, but there, that doesn't mean that there aren't still choices that you can make to start to change your life for the better. Mm -hmm. Anyone can, can start to make, you know, really small incremental changes on, on the lowest possible level that can still have enormous impact in your own everyday life. I, I think that is a very powerful message that you're, that you're leaving with them, um, leaving with the listeners. And I love that. I was, cause it's going to lead my last question I wanted to ask you was what advice can you give to someone who's listening to this and they are stuck in their story or they're super low on energy or they don't even know where to start? I think just, just deciding to own as much of your, your role in your current circumstances as possible. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you take on everything because that isn't healthy no. either. It, it's, no. it's a fine line, but you can, you can decide to own, you know, even just start with like a very small part in it and ask yourself what you would like your life to look like, how, how you would like your, your life to look different from what it is currently. Mm -hmm. And, then start to step into what that life would look and feel like. And then you can make one tiny step towards that. Mm -hmm. The smallest, most incremental step possible. If you want to start your own business, listen to a podcast. Listen to a podcast that is going to teach you to maybe take that next step about some little thing that you could do. Some, some tiny task that you could fit into a spare 10 minutes in your day. Um, you know, if you want to, to feel better physically, get out there and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. That's not going to cost mm -hmm. you anything. Yep. 
yeah, food, nutrition, uh, you know, drink an extra glass of water, fully hydrate. Anyone who's stuck in like grief or anything like that, hydration is surprisingly important. And I'm not just talking about because you're like crying all the time. It, it's just when we're stuck in that, it's very easy to become like dehydrated. I've actually seen that, that that's actually wow. a huge link between that, that we need to really like hydrate when we're grieving. And, and it is true because so many, so many basic things kind of fall off the radar. Things like drinking enough water is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. And because it's too much effort, quite frankly, and I've been there where it's like too much effort to get up off the couch to go get a glass of water. Yeah. Like it can actually be that hard. So that's what I mean by an incremental change, you know, then get a bigger jug of water so that you don't, so you can keep it nearby, but you don't have to get up off the couch as often. It can literally be that small. Like those are the tiniest little changes that you can make that don't have to look like some complete total life makeover upheaval overnight. Mm-hmm. That is not for everyone. That's not possible for everyone. I completely understand that. So that's sort of another example where I never want people to feel like it's out of reach for them to make mm-hmm. a change because they're looking at the changes that I've made and they're going, well, I could never do that or, yes. or I don't even want to do that or, or whatever. That's okay. Like my choices are, are not right for everyone and my choices are not possible for everyone. And I fully recognize and, and appreciate that. But that doesn't mean that you, that, that there aren't little things that you can start to shift in your everyday life. And don't underestimate the power of something small because it's those small changes that add up over time into massive, they massive do. shifts. They do. They become your habits and your rituals and your, you know, your anchors. I always say that the things that used to take me out of the knees would take me out for a week and now they're blips. Like, I, I mean, I have moments, but I'll have things that happen and I'm like, okay, so what do I need to go back to right now? How do I shift this? What do I do? And they become the habits and the rituals that ground me to keep, like, just shift it right in the moment. They're, it's so well, actually, powerful when you build them. And a really great book about that is uh, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Yes. Well. So that's a, a really fantastic book to, to read. And, and he does a really great job at like breaking down habits into these really kind of um, micro level things. Atomic Habits by James Clear is actually probably my, my favorite one. I've heard habits. that from a few people recently, oh. how much they love that book. Well, you know what's funny? I've actually been following him for years. I've oh, been following wow. him on his blog for probably five five-ish years. Mm-hmm. And he has, so I, I'm signed up for his email list. So he sends out his blog post every week to, uh, via his email. And his is one of the, those only like newsletter type things that I consistently read all the time. Oh, wow. They're so well done. They're so good. His book is fantastic. I highly recommend checking out both his blog and his book because it's, it, he's amazing. So okay. he, he's very much about like those really tiny, tiny, like almost microscopic level changes Mm -hmm. and then leveraging that into much more significant change over time, but creating the habit around it so that it doesn't feel so hard. It it becomes automatic because that's what a habit is. There there are these automatic behaviors that we, that we have that we often just don't even notice. No. Um, Yeah. So it, and there are ways to create new habits and he's very good at breaking that down. Okay. That's great to know. Well, you're, I mean, this, you know what, you follow the clues and I think you're probably the fifth person this past month that has mentioned that book. So I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. For sure. Yeah. I highly recommend it. So good. Awesome. Where can people connect, follow you, reach out? Where's the best place? Um, I would definitely say 
the podcast and Instagram are by far the best two places to find out what I'm about, see me, connect with me. Um, so Instagram, I'm over at Emily Goff Coach. Uh, Goff is G-O-U-G-H, like Goff with a G. <laughs> and um, over at emilygoffcoaching.com. Um, and then the podcast is Room to Grow. So you can search that anywhere and we all know how to spell room to grow. So nobody yes. has to worry about spelling. Nobody, has to spell it. <laughs> nobody has to spell it. I, um, I, I so want to thank you for being as real and transparent as you've been and all of the nuggets and what you've shared, because there's a lot of takeaway value there for people. And I am such a believer in that when we share our stories, we can really impact and support and serve others. And it really puts a new light onto our story. It changes how we see the story and it gives it purpose. So I completely admire you for doing that and for stepping into that role with the audience today. And as you've done on your own podcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I mean, that, that's the thing is that we get to decide what kind of meaning and purpose we are going to attach to our own stories. Mm -hmm. And that's another really great way to end up being able to work through them. And yes. in those really hard moments, because there's, there's meaning and purpose in everything. It's, yes. but we get to decide what that looks like. And again, there's a huge amount of power in that. So make it the best thing to ever happen to you. Even on the shit days with the, the terrible fucking circumstances, yeah. you get to decide what you are going to do with it. And you can, choose to turn that around into something really, really powerful and, and just amazing. That's going to be the catalyst for growth in your own life. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm just, as I wrote that down, right, making it, um, you decide and you make it the best thing that ever happened to you. I just love how I do have to say this. I love how, um, we can't speak on anything we haven't lived, right? We can't impact and, and, step into that role who've never lived it. And I love that the title of your podcast is Room to Grow because you've obviously had to go through so much personal growth, um, probably accelerated in these last eight months. And I just, I think that that's the beautiful part about it. I mean, I know you speak about all different aspects on your podcast, but I'm just thinking we have to be that we are the change that we are trying to create and your growth pattern of what you've had to go through and the habits and everything you've learned has helped you to get to where you are now. And that's what someone's going to be able to take and learn from. So thank you for that. Oh, I, I certainly hope that that's the case because yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here to try and help and serve others as best I can. That that's really what is most important to me. And, uh, I'm glad you said that about the, the title of my podcast because I always love it. And I'm like, it was like meant to be that I it was totally <laughs> I meant to be as I was, as I was sitting yeah. here and like, I have to say it because it's totally meant to be my whole life changed when I own my choices, everything in my life changed. So to me, it makes sense. That's the name of my podcast because that's literally what happened when I, once I own my own choices, everything changed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Marcia, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for oh. having me on. I'm so incredibly appreciative. Oh, I'm absolutely grateful. I cannot wait for this to go live. And if you are somebody out there and this message resonated, please connect with Emily and you will, I'm sure you will love this podcast when it comes out. Thank you so much, Emily. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marcia. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. 
It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.